Welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It is a enormous episode 97. I'm your co-host Mike Parsons and as always I'm joined by the titan himself, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. <laughs> Good morning, Mike. I think I think I'd rather take Titan than head chef. So I think uh, we're gradually getting more and more impressive as the introductions go on. How are you doing today? I'm I'm really um, I'm really fired up to be in the third part of the the Tim Ferriss series, and I loved um, you know for our uh, work week. I love for our chef because they really presented us these two big paradigms around rethinking time and uh, learning how to learn. Um, but can Tim Ferriss possibly have more in store for us, Mark? Yes, I think the third book that we're covering in our Tim Ferriss series is his amazing gathering, I suppose you could call it, Tools of Titans, the tactics, routines, and habits of billionaires, icons, and world-class performers. I mean, once again, Tim Ferriss is pulling out the big punches with his book titles, right? (laughs) Tools of Titans, and um, it's it's like his fir- first two books that we did on the show have prepped us now uh, because we're allocating our time, our energy to learn in the right way. And he's like, okay, here are the tools, the tactics, the routines of the world's best. And I am so damn excited to get into some of this stuff because for me, the fact that he's gone out and done all of this work to work out some of these um, behaviors and habits of successful people. I'm like, I feel like I've got the the cheat sheet, the fast track to improving myself. And um, what I'm really excited about, uh, Mark, is that in this show, not only will we hear from uh, Tim Ferriss himself, but what we're also going to do is do a bit of a deep dive on one or two of the titans that he covers in the book and really get into them. And what's really cool is obviously some of those we might even do a whole show on um, later in the year. But Mark, I am so primed and, and, and ready to get into how the best of the best do it, how the Titans do it. So I'm dying to know their tools. Yeah, me too. And like you say, the Tools of Titans book is like a cheat sheet. It's like a, a walkthrough guide in your life, how to maximize and learn from these individuals that you and I look at it and and are inspired by, what tools and tactics can we learn from them? So, Mike, I reckon let's get straight into it, right? Let's let's do this. Where do you want to kick things off? What's the first tool of a Titan? Well, look, you wake up, and as you and I have probably said to our listeners before, the morning routine sets you up as a successful, productive day ahead. So there's no better place to start and hearing from Tim Ferriss himself, telling us and introducing us to one of the most common lessons he's learned from the Titans. One of the commonalities, one of the patterns that you spot really quickly if you interview hundreds of world-class performers, and I just interviewed 130 or so for my new book, Tribe of Mentors, is the fact that they have consistent morning routines. They have some type of recipe, a boot up sequence that they use to win the day in some fashion. And it ranges from for instance, mindfulness, and that could be mindfulness meditation, 
where you find, say, Evan Williams, who is well-known for Blogger, Twitter, also Medium, uh, who spends time every morning, as I do, with some type of meditative practice. Could be insight, it could be transcendental meditation. You could use an app like Headspace, which I think is a great place to start. And it trains you, it allows you to practice becoming more aware and less reactive so that you're not thrown off by the unexpected challenges and problems of the day. And that helps you to be much more productive and much more centered. You can achieve that in other ways. Gratitude is a common element. So Tim O'Reilly, who's just an incredible entrepreneur, thinker, writer, and uh, thought leader in Silicon Valley, goes for a run and will take a photograph of a single flower on his run every morning. Right? And this teaches you to pause, to pause and to assess how you're, say, responding to things. So that is a really beautiful practice that can be done with gratitude lists. I use something called the Five Minute Journal, but Whitney Cummings, incredible stand-up comedian, writer, and much more also has gratitude lists. Uh, and this is, say, naming three things that you're grateful for each morning. Tony Robbins does this. Brian Grazer, incredibly well-known iconic TV and film producer also does this. I think he's had 180 Emmy nominations or something like that. And uh, that achieves very much the same thing of present state awareness and looking for the positive as opposed to fixating on the negative. And last but not least, you have, say, Jocko Willink, retired Navy SEAL commander, who will lay out his clothing, his workout clothing, the night before so that there's no conscious decision required where willpower or lack thereof could intercede. His clothing is ready. He's already set his to-do list for the next day. Wakes up at, he wakes up at 4.30. That's not quite when I wake up. And grabs the clothes, boom, directly to the gym. And he has a home gym where he does his workouts. This is also very common where people recognize these very busy, very driven people that if it's inconvenient to work out, they probably won't do it. So Jocko has a home gym where barbell, plates, squat rack, three sets of rings at different heights, a kettlebell, and you're good to go. That's all you need. So there's a few of the things that I've seen repeatedly in different forms with hundreds of top performers that they use to win the morning so they can win the day. Win the morning, win the day. My gosh, do I try my best, Mark, <laughs> to win my mornings. I cannot tell you the the encouragement that gives me the inspiration, but also the confirmation that it gives to me around how much time, how much attention I put to the morning. And there were two things in that clip that I wanted to share with you that I felt really resonated with me, I can really identify with. And that is this idea of having a ritual where you clear your head and start the day with your intentions. So I cannot uh, encourage you. It's physically, I cannot tell you how this, how much this really matters. It is all about setting a clear intention in the morning, waking up early, avoid your email, focus on getting your head in the game. So this could be a cold shower which as uh, with a tip of the hat to Wim Hof, this could be um, all about uh, writing a journal, uh, reviewing your agenda for the day and still not looking at your email. Because for me, the way to win the morning 
is by having clarity on my intention for the day, setting my priority for the day before all of those emails open up and I have to run through and tackle things um, and so forth. So number one, I think this winning the morning to win the day starts with do not wake up, do not do this, don't wake up and check your email in bed. That to me is like a losing strategy because you're already dealing with other people's priorities and not your own. So for me, this is really a takeout that I wanted to reinforce. The second uh, thing when you when you think about what he's saying is he kind of tapped into Yako Willink, who we are definitely doing uh, in, in the upcoming uh, show series. And he talked about how he gets his gear, uh, gym gear out. And we've talked before on the show about some people who even sleep in their running gear. So all they have to do is that you put on their shoes when they wake up. To me, um, you know, this is the, the other thing. Remove the friction. So I have a roller, a gym bat, mat, my running shoes are literally here in the studio, in the study. I've got my running shoes. I've got all my gym gear there. It drives uh, my family crazy that I have half a, uh, all my Nike gear is like all over uh, the study because it's there ready to go. I really also think it is critical that if you're going to get the intention right by setting your priorities, getting up early and having those routines, I think the second thing we got from Tim there is make it easy because if it's a bit of a hassle to exercise, um, then you are likely not to do it. So give yourself no excuse not to do it. And I can tell you when I don't do these things, I feel like a basket case. (laughs) I really, really do. So winning the mornings to win your day. Oh my gosh. Tim has led strong. Hasn't he Mark? Yeah. He's coming straight out of, well, he's coming straight out of bed to tell us the way to start your day in the best way possible. It's kind of like, I guess, starting a car. You've got to warm it up. If it's a little bit of an old car, like you and I, Mike, then it needs a little bit of warming (laughs) up, right? (laughs) But I think this is true for everyone. I personally sometimes struggle with this. I often wake up with a feeling of, oh, I think I need to check that message. I wonder what happened overnight. And that does, that throws you off, doesn't it? It throws you off getting mm-hmm. your own priority straight. And I, I love how you've kind of framed that. Yours yep. versus others' priorities for the day. Once you yep. get your own house in order and build that framework, everything else can be built on top of that foundation. It makes perfect sense when you break it down like that. Yep. I'm, I'm very much a person who also follows the uh, setting out intention for the day. Mm-hmm. Every night I'll, um, I, I, I quite enjoy home workouts. So I've actually, um, you know, enjoyed the last few months, so to speak, in the sense that I can, you know, download and try out a few different exercise apps, find one I like, and then get into a habit and a ritual of doing that each morning. And I lay out my exercise gear and I'll decide on what exercise I'm going to do in the morning. Because when I wake up, and maybe this is true for you, Mike, as well, I'm so indecisive. I don't know whether I want a coffee. I don't know what I want to wear or what exercise I want to do. And I've had it too many times when I've therefore decided to do nothing. Inactivity mm. has sort of mm. taken me away because I haven't set that intention. And I think 
The same is going to be true with setting your priorities. If you don't wake up and set your own priorities, what ends up happening is you gravitate towards others. And I think that's really, really prevalent in what Tim has learned from all these titans. Yeah, I think uh, winning your mornings um, helps you end the day where you can reflect and say, wow, I really got the things I wanted to do done. And that means fulfillment, satisfaction, and just feeling, yeah. What I think we all experience are those moments where you get to the end of the day and go, geez, I've been busy, Mm. but geez, I don't know if I actually got anything done. Like, yeah, I did hand-to-hand combat with requests, uh, questions, uh, et cetera, et cetera, but did I like push into like a really big priority and make, did I take a big chunk out of that? And you're like, not really, but I did a lot of email, a lot of calls, solved a lot of little quick things. And I think what I would offer to you and all of our listeners, if you take a little moment in the morning before you open your inbox to make a promise to yourself about what you're going to get done and how you're going to do it, I think that this anchors you and it makes you question whether things truly are that urgent or important throughout the day. So you can take a chunk out of things that are really meaningful for you. And I mean, this is just, Mark, this is just like one of a hundred different ideas and uh, tools of titans from the book, isn't it? I know. I mean, we could, we could actually, I get the impression, Mike, that you and I could talk about this one lesson uh, for the entire show. So let's do our listeners, the, <laughs> let's do our listeners, uh, uh, a, a good service and and hear what else uh, are current uh, consistent themes throughout Tim's book. So the next clip we have, and it's a, a nice short one, and then we'll break into some of the Titan profiles that you were saying at the beginning. Let's just hear actually from Carl Clegley, who does a great uh, book summary on YouTube. Let's hear eight key habits of the ultra successful that he has found in common that's communicated through Tim's book, Tools of Titans. These are eight themes that the ultra-successful have in common based on Tim's uh, research in the book. They are, 80% of them had some sort of daily mindfulness practice. A surprising number of males didn't eat breakfast. They used the chili pad device for cooling bedtime. They loved these books, Sapiens, Poor Charlie's Almanac, Influence, and Man's Search for Meaning. Five, They listen to a song on loop or a song anchor like we've talked about on this channel. Very good. Six, they invest their own money and own time or spec work on projects before making a dime. Seven, they believe that failure is not durable. Eight, almost everyone was able to take an obvious weakness and flip it into a strength. There you go. I mean, (laughs) it's like, it's quite incredible. Um, that um, <laughs> he's he's attempted to take some of the biggest, most powerful thoughts and like random little things, like playing a song on loop. I I, I think uh, I think I will start Mark by what a, what an interesting assortment, a collection of tools and habits um, that these titans get up to. I mean, I thought that was that was just like so exciting. It was like mind altering, mind stretching to think about that. That variety, don't you? Well, what, what I like about that clip actually is it reminds me how all of our Titans, and we'll dig into a few of them shortly, all of our Titans are human. And these might be the eight most consistent habits uh, and tips 
or, or behaviors that the ultra successful do. But actually, as I hear them, the chili pad, I, I, it's, a, it's a tool that you put underneath your bed in order to keep cool at right. night. And the books that obviously you and I have, have, have heard about, Sapiens and so on, a lot of these are quite relatable. And it just reminds me that some of the behaviors and tips are fundamentally just a little bit um, human, <laughs> I suppose. They are, they are. And, um, and what I want to do is because there's such a crazy uh, portfolio there, I actually want to play that. We've never done this before. I actually want to play this this clip again. And, you know, I really encourage everyone to get out their, uh, their notepad or uh, to type in uh, the one that, that really speaks to them. So let's have a listen to it again. And then Mark and I, you and I will talk about which one really speaks to us. Okay. So, so, so Mark, you, you, we've re-listened to it. Which one really kind of grabbed you? So for me, the ones that really, really stand out is number one, the daily mindfulness practice. This idea, again, going back to Tim's first clip that we heard on the show today, start by winning your morning by setting your priorities. For mm. me, that's a good one. Um, Brecky, I'm going to be honest, I, I have to eat every day. <laughs> I know, I know, Mike, you're going to pick that one. Uh, so I want to hear about that. Songs on loop, I do gravitate towards. I do have a playlist on my Spotify of songs to maybe gravitate towards if I need that bit of inspiration or maybe even a bit of energy. And recently I've stopped listening to podcasts in the morning and actually occasionally dip into music more just to get my... Um, myself going, I guess. So maybe this is a similar insight here. Songs on loop replays energy or inspiration in people. Um, but also this failure, fa failure not being durable is, a, is an interesting one because for me, I feel like failure is that positive negative, so to speak. It's the, the thing that you can learn from. And I suppose where the insight for failure is not durable is coming from here is it's okay to fail as long as you learn from it. What do you think, Mike? Those are my big three. Daily mindfulness, songs on loop, failure not being durable. All right, so, so Mark, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, pick two ideas that were in the book that um, were maybe just surprised me more than anything, and that was the one of doing spec work because that's not something that has come up in the show so far. So how exciting is that that a new idea has come up this idea about just investing upfront just to see what a project or an initiative might be. That, that was unusual, didn't you think? Yeah, you're right. Normally the lessons that we've, we've learned or the tips, I suppose, have been quite uh, proactive and uh, maybe defensive, I suppose. But this mm. idea of putting your own time and money into something first 
it, it's kind of like putting your money where your mouth is. It's showing totally. belief. Totally. And I really like it. It's a very good way. If you're thinking of starting a company, uh, don't make it some massive, are we in or out? Just say, Hey, let's just do a side project in on the weekends for a couple of weeks and see if we, how it feels like no commitment, just let's explore it. And I mean, that's a great way to start up something. The other one I thought was quite neat, which is, uh, and again, this has come up, however, just, I don't know, for some reason caught me, which was, uh, Every single uh, Titan was able to make a weakness into a strength. And that reminds me of Branson making his dyslexia, dyslexica a strength, you know. And I thought, oh, that was really cool. Um, and a really important mindset uh, moment where it's all about turning weakness into strength. And that is for sure like moonshot thinking right there, isn't it? Uh, it's David and Goliath by Malcolm uh-huh. Gladwell. You know, that oh, yeah. show was all about overcoming personal challenges and learning from them and therefore being stronger, more mm. evolved. So mm. weakness into strength, ha, oh, that is <laughs> right there. It is, it is. And so coming up on the show, we have got a ton of great thoughts and inspiration. We're going to delve into a couple of the Titans themselves. So uh, Tim's book studies all these different Titans. And so we're going to go direct to them and some of the points that, that Tim really pulls out about Derek Sivers, uh, Kevin Kelly, Rick Rubin, so a real collection of different folks there. So that'll be really cool. And we're really going to kind of bucket it in sort of two areas, actions we can take and ways in which we can think. But before we talk about mindset and taking action, I thought it was really great uh, that uh, Mark, one of our uh, listeners um, this week was just so fired up about learning out loud and learning from innovators that she was sharing, uh, her thoughts about the podcast on LinkedIn. And it sort of, it kind of took off, didn't it? It did. Yeah. A special shout out to, uh, Bettina Rottemund. Thank you so much for, um, putting up a, putting up a post that, that tagged the, the podcast, um, and called out a few of your favorite innovators, such as Brené Brown, Elon Musk, Simon Sinek, Richard Branson, as well as Bill Gates, Jack Ma, and Jeff Bezos. I mean, for us to to read that and and appear and see it appear on on the timeline, and seeing so many people interact and react, that was really exciting for us. And it just showed, again, the value I think that we personally feel with learning out loud, Mike, you know, it's clearly Absolutely. something that other people are getting into and enjoying doing with us. Yeah. And it was so great to see that she called out some of our classics like Elon and Bezos, but, um, some of our real, really popular shows, Brené Brown, Simon Sinek. And I love the fact that she mentioned one of our really old shows, Jack Ma, who was like just a dynamo. Um, and we learned a lot from, from him. So thank you to her. And the uh, the huge number of people that started this whole conversation about learning out loud from some of those great innovators. It was so wonderful. So we want to thank you, Bettina. And we want to encourage all of you to get in there, share what you like about the show, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether you go into your podcast app. It's a fantastic way for us to welcome new listeners to the show. And they are literally coming from all four corners of the world. It's so exciting that we can share this journey uh, with folks, we're welcoming uh, this week uh, amongst all of the thousands of listeners. 
we're actually welcoming uh, new listeners from Slovakia, Costa Rica. Uh, I mean, come on, it, it does not get better than that. I think uh, this would uh, kind of mean, Mark, that we need to go and do a live show from Costa Rica, I think. Um, you know, maybe the Maldives, they want to start listening too. I mean, that's okay with me. I don't mind going on tour. What do you think? Yeah, I'm quite happy to take that hit and, <laughs> and make make give the listeners what they want. If, if that's what people would like uh, to see us in the Maldives, uh, then, then please um, keep on keep on listening, listeners. <laughs> all right. So uh, thank you, Bettina, and thank you to all of our new listeners. And we welcome you from all four corners of this lovely planet. So thank you to you. But now, Mark, it's time to take action. And we're going to do that through the lens of author Derek Sivers, who we are going to do on the show. He is fantastic. I won't go into too much about Derek now because we're going to hear about him in a moment, but I want you to know we are going to be doing a show on Derek. So let's kick off our taking action uh, series of clips. Let's take more lessons from Tim Ferriss and his book, uh, Tools of Titans, and let's get into the world of false choices. Derek Sivers. This man sold CD Baby, the online music store or distribution company, whatever you label it, for over $22 million. But one of the best things he said, the quotable that really just I laughed my ass off when I heard it is if information were the answer, we'd all be billionaires walking around with six pack abs. Love that. Basically saying like, look, it's not enough to just read. It's not enough to know. We have to do. He also gives a story that I absolutely love. Don't be a donkey. The hell does that mean? The donkey is standing in between a bucket of hay and a bucket of water. He keeps looking left and right. Hay, water, hay, water. Not knowing which one to go for, he ends up dying of thirst and starvation right there in the middle. Because the donkey didn't realize that if he went to the water and drank, he'd have enough time, plenty of time, lifetimes, to go back to the hay and eat. So he got overwhelmed and just stood there because he couldn't make up his mind. He didn't see that he could do one and then the other. We can't be that donkey. You know, oftentimes we give ourselves false choices. We say, should I go to college or not? And we don't realize that we have time to do both. You do have time to go to college and then pursue entrepreneurship or traveling or whatever. I did the exact same thing. Or we say, should I quit my job or become an entrepreneur? Let's use, let's keep going with this. We don't realize that you can do both. You don't be the donkey in the middle choosing between A and B. You can start a job part-time and do entrepreneurship part-time. And sometimes that's the most successful way because you have steady income coming in. And you're also pursuing your passion and you're more driven because you go to work every day thinking, I don't want to do this forever. And so that's a great way. And you don't go crazy because you have all this time and nothing's catching on, catching on, catching on. This false choice between should I do A or B, try and see the middle path. Try and say, why not both? And stop giving yourself false choices. Information alone is not the answer. Just go and do it. I mean, if there's any innovator that we've seen, Mike, who absorbs lessons around them and goes to experiment. It's Tim Ferriss. <laughs> you know, he is right. one of these fantastic experimenters who, who learns from these individuals and goes to put them in practice. And obviously that's what he's, what he's kind of calling out here in Tools of Titans. For me, the, the key lesson that I'm taking away from, from Derek Sivers's uh, work there that, that's being profiled is this paralysis over choice. You know, yeah. 
what what fire do I go and work on now? What priority, going back to your great um, comparison at the beginning of the show, when you wake up and you set your intention, am I sorting out my priorities or somebody else's? You get right. stuck in the middle and you end up not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, that really stuck to me. Like, don't be, like, stuck making no choice. And I think when I first read Tim's first book and he talked about challenging my perception of where I'm putting my time, I was like, yeah, this is so true. And, um, again, what I see in the way in which Tim Ferriss has picked this idea from from and learnt from Derek Sivers is there are all sorts of um, – new and different ways to combine choice. It's not a cathartic either A or B and you get paralyzed in the middle. You can have C and D and E. And it's, again, through this experimentation, he's challenging us um, uh, to make choices in a different way. And I think what what's really empowering about this thought is once you see that there's not just A or B, but then there's C, D, E, F, and so on. And so right, right the way through to the Z, if you have a bias towards action, go and experiment and explore. And I think that's one of the most exhilarating things that makes Tim's work so attractive is he is willing to try and to experiment and he creates a, this bias towards action, this movement, the progress. And I think in part this is not only empowering, but it's also very inspiring because it shakes us up and says, come on, anything is possible doesn't it? Exactly. Anything is possible. And sometimes you can do one after the other. You know, you Mm. don't have to choose, do I become an entrepreneur or do I maximize the opportunity to learn right now? The truth is you can do one, then the other, or you do both at the same time uh, in just varying degrees. You know, as we already heard in four hour work week, it's all about time management. In the chef, it's all about learning. Combine those two together and you can start driving, I think, towards some of these key lessons, maximizing yeah. your, 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 yourself. So let's, let's keep this uh, adventure going and take some twists and turns. So we just did Derek Sivers, which featured in the Tools of Titans from Tim Ferriss. We're now going to take another Titan uh, from Tim's book. This time we're going to go to Kevin Kelly, founder of Wired Magazine, and uh, we're going to go into this world of fans. And uh, there's one number that Kevin thinks really matters, and this number is 1,000. So let's find out what this really means. 1,000 true fans. This is Kevin Kelly's concept that says success is overcomplicated a lot of times. When you simplify it down, all that really matters is that you make 1,000 people extremely, extremely happy. It's so sexy to go after 100,000 people, sell your product to a million people, for a dollar and you'll be a millionaire, right? Or get a million people on your Twitter page or Instagram page, Facebook, YouTube, X, Y, and Z, and try and sell, 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 and go after the masses. What this concept is saying is that's the wrong approach. You'll spend more time, energy, effort doing it that way a lot of times, and you won't make people as happy when you skim the surface. This concept is saying, go after a thousand people. You get these thousand people to spend $100 on your products every single year. That's all you do. You make a thousand people happy. You got a six figure income. Don't you think it's easier to make a thousand people extremely, extremely happy? You know, three a day, focus on three a day and over a year, make six figures. Then if you tried to 
if you try to do 100,000 people uh, for a dollar. So what is a true fan? Kevin Kelly says, a true fan is someone who will buy anything you produce. They'll drive 200 miles to see you sing. They'll buy the hardback, paperback, and audiobook. They'll buy the best of DVD. Someone who follows you on every social network. Now, the best thing of this is you say, oh, God, I have to get a thousand people. I'm, I'm, I might be starting with 20 or 100 or 10. That's okay. Because if you focus on making those 10 people extremely happy, they end up doing the marketing for you. It's such a true insight, this, this idea of tribes, uh, influence. You know, we've done a lot of research, Mike, and we know the value of word of mouth. It, it is really the way to start wildfires mm. that spreads mm. a brand's, you know, proposition or, or product. And what I like about what Kevin Kelly's calling out here, um, as highlighted within Tools of Titans, is whether it's a thousand or, or maybe less, it, you know, that's okay too. But if you start again with this idea of foundation, get those mm. real advocates, and then you can start bringing in the masses, that feels much more achievable, doesn't it? It does. And uh, a classic thing that we see a lot on the show is people breaking big things down into small bits of work. Uh, and that's that's what I think is really powerful here. It's it's being applied to advocacy and the sort of customer experience here. But I think, you know, just focusing on those thousand people, delight them, uh, engage them, create your tribe, and they will do a lot of the work in, uh, you know, broadening uh, the offering and extending the the engagement with new customers. But what's what's interesting here is you, you start to see um, the practical nature of the work from Tim Ferriss. He's always looking to break it down into something you can do because he has this bias towards action and this bias towards experimentation. So in, in terms of taking action, we've, we've got this really powerful two thoughts. One from Derek Sivers is like, be aware of false choices, make choices, don't be the donkey, and you'll be amazed at how there are more options than just A and B. Kevin, on the other hand, is like, okay, easy up there on the plans for world domination and an audience of a, of a million, a customer base of 5 million. Just go out and focus on creating true fans. And what's interesting about this is that maybe the first thing you do doesn't really delight them, but ask them for feedback. Uh, the next thing you do might uh, be a bit better. And then sooner or later, you will uncover what their real need is. You'll get enough confirmation from engagement. And then if you create that first thousand, uh, the rest uh, comes much, much easier. So two great bits of advice, making better choices and building your tribe. As, that's like, this is great, Mark, because we're, we are really handpicking a few really uh, novel, um, sometimes they sound so simple, you're like, why don't I do these? <laughs> but the beauty here is that we can jump around in all different parts of habit, routine, the way you uh, run your personal life, your professional life, and everything in between. To me, this is truly the power of Tim Ferriss's approach, isn't it? It, it is. It is exactly. It's very proactive. Again, as we've as we've said, and, and even learned from for our work weekend for our chef, Tim puts his money where his mouth is. He'll learn these tips, and he'll go and experiment. And if he can do it, Mike, I think that's a good enough 
reason for me to go and try it too. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I, I really want to, on this uh, theme of action, I actually want to encourage all of our audience uh, to uh, summons uh, their actions and to, just like Bettina did in sharing uh, the, the innovators that she really liked on the podcast, we really encourage you to jump into your podcasting app of choice, leave us a rating or a review, or maybe share the show um, via LinkedIn or wherever you feel comfortable. We would really ask that that if you are enjoying the show or if you want us to focus on a particular innovator, let us know, let your friends know, because our mission is to learn out loud. And we believe that the code that we're finding here in the Moonshots podcast is something that will really help us build better products, be better people, and to realize the very, very best version of ourselves. So please share this with your friends, share this with your colleagues, your coworkers, um, share this with anyone you think that could help uh, do us some help and learning out loud. So Mark, this feels like we're at a moment where we can go into mental models, mindset, how we think, right? Yeah, that's right. We've heard a couple of really good proactive tips and parts of action about making choices as well as focusing our work and learning from from our fans. So now let's hear a little bit more um, from Tim Ferriss' book, Tools of Titans, with regards to the mindset, because how better for you and I to go and learn from these individuals uh, than studying somebody, and, and Tim's book is a perfect example, of those key lessons. So this next clip we're going to hear is telling us a little bit about how success can actually leave clues behind. And if we could follow those blueprints, we can actually model ourselves on those masters. Big idea number one, model the masters. Look, it's one of our favorite quotes on this entire channel, success leaves clues, Jim Rohn. What would happen if we were able to tap into that same blueprint, that same roadmap? If you find the blueprints for someone who built a five-story mansion, it's all the same. You just got to assemble the materials and put the effort in. So how can we get the blueprints of success and apply that in our life, put the work in and achieve the same result? You model people. Success leaves clues. You can figure out those clues and piece them together yourself. You can achieve similar results in your life. There's entire books about that, taking the most successful people in the world and trying to distill down how they got there. You know, the thing that strikes me about this, the first thing I related to is we obviously know that when we're children, we model our parents in terms of behavior. And uh, what's quite interesting is Tim Ferriss is just taking this idea and like, well, if all these people are being successful and you want to be successful, let's just model the masters. Let's model their behaviors, their mindset. And I think this in itself is a mindset that you want to go out there and handpick best practices and then learn to adopt them themselves. Now, I just want to get a little meta here, Mark. That is exactly what this entire show does. We're just learning from innovators. We're learning out loud. We're trying to break down what did they do? How did they do it? Okay, then here's the killer question. How would I do it too? And to me, this is uh, exciting because not only uh, does this help us realize our dreams, hopes, and ambitions? But what it does is it helps us get there way quicker um, and 
I think this is somehow at the heart of moonshot thinking, which is, you know, surveying the universe, handpicking the models from the right masters and then the application of them. And it's not easy, but if you can find these models, you can adopt trial, experiment, learn, validate what works for you. To me, this is not just how we can be great in the office. It's how we can be great at home and in our personal lives too. For me, Mark, this is everything, modeling the masters. Modeling the masters is exactly what we try and do. It's the learning out loud piece. It's digging into the Elon Musk's and Brené Brown's and all the work that we've covered in the last 96 shows and seeing what we can learn, Mike. You're you're totally right. What, What Tim Ferriss is calling out in his book is learn from those around us because they've gone through the work. They made themselves successful. So what do we follow? What blueprints can we, can we go after? And, and I love your, your insight there. This in itself as a meta uh, mindset is so true. You've got to enable yourself to be willing to adapt and look around yourself and learn and then put into action. Mm. Um, you know, going back to, um, one of the early clips, the Derek Sivers clip, in fact, information alone is not the answer. You and I learning from these individuals, the innovators, that's not just enough. We need to go and actually put it into action. And what I like about learning out loud is what have we put into action? How have we seen it matter, seen our morning routines change, for example? It's, It's fascinating. It's exactly what that clip's all about. And, and and experimenting and sharing and talking and ask yourself, what did I learn? How would I do it a bit differently next time? This is key. And and what what for me is is the underlying thing here is this notion of curiosity and the desire for continuous improvement of oneself. Right. To me, in the end, this is what uh, creates a spark. This is where the, the 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 energy source I think really is for our day. If we've if we're always waking up with this idea of how can I do it a bit better, how can I do it a little differently? I wonder what if or how might I? Like these questions are just I think they're the opening to positive living, to growing and enjoying the journey you know, not getting uh, too defeated when things don't work out because you're like, I'm always learning. So I know I'll do it better next time. Like to me, this mindset opens up so much more than just uh, success in the office or at work. I think this is just how you can get the most out of life. And you know, when you meet people who are always learning and growing and challenging themselves, they're alive. And one thing for sure is when you meet people that are just in the status quo, they're just grinding it out. They don't quite have that energy, do they? No, you're right, actually. You, you do. It's sort of a, a lack of activity uh, from a growth perspective actually does lead to a lot of inactivity from a, a kind of happiness right. and a proactive perspective, I think, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's, real, it's really uh, exciting because for me, this all kind of starts to come together because you have a desire to be the best version of yourself. You're curious. You're always changing and experiment different ways to get there. You're like handpicking all these models and just enjoying not only the desire to be at the destination, but the growth and the learning to get there. 
and I think that's that's why we are here together, all of us, you, me, and and all our listeners around the world. We're all learning out loud and trying to be the best version of ourselves. And if you thought that we couldn't take another hard turn and pivot in this journey with Tim Ferriss's book, Tools of Titans, we can, because he studied the famous uh, music producer, Rick Rubin, who, by the way, sports one of the most impressive beards in the entire <laughs> music and entertainment industry. So Google that one, fellas. This is another way we can see this idea of modeling masters coming to life. So let's have a listen uh, to what we can learn from someone who is without doubt one of the best music producers in history, Rick Rubin. Let's have a listen to him and see what we can learn from this Titan. Let's profile Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin's been called the most influential music producer in the last 20 years. He's worked with Jay-Z, Lady Gaga, Slayer, Black Sabbath. Huge, huge, huge resume when it comes to successful artists. How do you get out of writer's block? You're working with Lady Gaga, Jay-Z, Black Sabbath. It's not always just boom, 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 hit, hit, hit. I mean, there's times where it's extremely hard. And he would talk about these artists and how they struggled. And, you know, your self-esteem is tied up in your work and you feel like you can't, it's all gone. It's all, you know, creative energy sucked out of you. How do you get it back? Rick Rubin said he had a foolproof, fail-proof way of getting these artists out of writer's block. He said, look, what you're going to do when you go home is you're going to write one word. Just one. That's all I want you to do. Sit down, write one lyric. And if you do that, write one line. And what you'll notice is a natural, he didn't tell them this, but what they noticed is as soon as they wrote one word, the line followed, then the paragraph followed, then the structure followed, and pretty soon they had a next hit single. It's the same thing with artists who were playing guitar. He said, look, I don't want you to do anything. All I want you to do is go home and play one note. He said, one note? That's nothing. Are you kidding me? There's like dozens in a chord alone. He said, just one note. And then they played one chord, and then they wrote a verse, maybe a bridge, chorus, and pretty soon they had the instrumentals for their song. Love that because if we're getting overwhelmed, you and I, just take your task, ignore the the big idea of it and simplify it down to the smallest bite-sized chunk, the smallest domino to call that back. Do that one thing and then the rest is so much easier to follow. This is so true. If you've got a big challenge and it feels insurmountable, break it down. I mean, this this is very similar to uh, Tim Ferriss's DSSS uh, methodology that we were mm-hmm. calling out last week in the four hour chef with the D standing for deconstruction, where you take something big and make it easier to, to process. You know, this is fundamentally a really, really valuable method that, and we can talk about some practicalities of those in a second, but as a, from a mindset perspective, when you're seeing something and you just, you have that fear, you know, those cold sweats, Mike, <laughs> you think, Oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. How are we going to do this? Well, the, the natural way to do it is to break it right down into little bite-sized chunks, like Tim Ferriss says, uh, sorry, as uh, Rick Rubin says, and, and slowly work on removing the fear by focusing on each of those individual ones. Yeah, so, and it, it, Mark, just to build on what you were saying there, it is so easy to get overwhelmed when you look at the big goal. And the problem is when you feel overwhelmed, you're like, ugh, I give up, right? Mm -hmm. Too much. It's too hard, right? 
And so once you say, I mean, and the great metaphor, you'll, and I use this a lot, is when you talk about uh, people trying to reduce their weight, they often say, oh, I want to lose 50 pounds, right? Well, that may be your goal, but why don't you just start with walking for 20 minutes once a week and then start walking twice a week and three times a week? Then maybe remove something from your diet. Like it's so much easier to get those wins and then you get the momentum and then you're off to the races. But if you say, geez, I just want to lose 50 pounds and then at the end of the month you've lost two, you're like, oh, my gosh, this means another 25 months of this? No way. Right. It's, it's too demotivating when you don't see those immediate returns. You know, we're used to nowadays, especially seeing something happen overnight, but mm. actually the truth is the best things in life don't happen overnight and you get far more out of it when it does take that little bit of time and, and you're learning and so on. And what I, what I really enjoy about this Rick Rubin quote, particularly when he's referring it to some of these behemoths in music that you and I you know, are aware of, and it's great as a human concept to hear that sometimes people, other people, you know, these Titans occasionally struggle too with their creativity. What's, what's fascinating is a, a very practical tip of breaking it down is quite similar to what we've tried to do in the past, Mike, whether it's a huge team call and trying to focus only on the really, really important mm. high priority stuff, mm. you know, only focus on the things that we need to sort out right now. Or, as we've discussed before, writing a table of content a week in advance. Yeah, yeah, right? so good, so good. You know, there's some real practical yeah. approaches, I think, that we can do in order to try and make the insurmountable surmountable. It is. It's, it's so good. And, you know, what's fun is, like, we're learning from, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, the founder of Wired Magazine, music producers, we can take uh, habits, tools, techniques from all of these titans and learn from them. And I think uh, the world is full of titans um, from which we can learn. We can then ask ourselves, how might I do that too? And I think this is uh, such an exciting process to be part of. And it's, I love sharing this with you and the audience. I love the feedback uh, that we get because, hey, we're all working it out together and uh, actually it can be a ton of fun. It doesn't have to be all heavy and all ominous, you know, the big dark storm clouds of Mordor. Oh my gosh, I'm not the person I want to be. No, let, let's go at this. Let's, let's break it down. Let's, let's do some stuff. Let's change it up. And then, you know, there is this other big thought um, that if you just, you know, challenge yourself and model a master every single day, use the tools of other Titans. You'll be amazed that if you do one little thing better every day, when you zoom out over the month, over the year, over the years in plural, you'll be amazed at how progress can compound. Uh, we should definitely do a show on that, don't you think, Mark? Oh, yeah, 100%. I can already imagine the sort of... Um lessons we can uncover and the the tips that I think we can start to, to put into practice. I think that that sounds particularly motivating. It does. It does. Well, Mark, we've heard from uh, the Titans um, that uh, Tim has explored and studied, but I feel like we want to wrap the show up with some last thoughts uh, from Tim Ferriss. So are you ready for, for the last clip, Mark? Are you ready for one last challenge from 
Tim Ferriss himself? Yeah, that's I am. I'm ready for Tim Ferriss to bring it on home. And this is this is a wonderful clip. This is Tim again telling us a little bit about um, some common success principles that he's learned from some titans. But this one's really valuable. It's all about asking uncommon questions of yourself. The people who get uncommon results generally ask really uncommon questions. You might grab Peter Thiel in the news quite a bit these days, serial billionaire uh, who asks questions like, why can't you accomplish your 10-year plan in the next six months? Okay, that seems like an impossible task. Or Peter Diamandis, chairman of the XPRIZE, known for trying to solve some of humanity's biggest problems. He'll ask entrepreneurs who want him to invest in their companies, if you had to 10x the economics of your company in the next, say, three months, how would you do it? And if they say that's impossible, he says, I don't accept that answer, try again. Let's say you own a business and you feel like you're burning the candle at both ends. If I had to take an eight-week off-the-grid vacation, what would I have to do? What systems and policies would I need to put in place for that to be possible? These types of questions force you to abandon your previous constraints and assumptions and all of that that you've used to make these incremental decisions. They just don't work. So those get broken and you would journal on these. It's not enough to think about them for 10 seconds. So I would use, say, the morning pages or some other type of journaling, which I do almost every morning, to then just stream of consciousness explore these things. And that's led to some of the biggest breakthroughs personally for me as well. Another principle is defining the worst case scenario. So Jamie Foxx, he instills confidence in his kids by asking them when they're ever nervous or afraid of something, what's on the other side of fear? And his answer is nothing. All right, you're afraid of it. What's the worst that could happen? All right, and then and then what? And then what? And then what? Once you really get specific with your fears and take the time to put them under a microscope, they lose their power over you generally because they end up being temporary or reversible or tiny risks or all three. Mm. The, 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 just the really cool thing there is what Tim Ferriss is doing again is just getting us to uh, abandon our sort of constrained mindsets and don't ask yourself, how do I get there 10% faster? He's like, how do you get there 10 times faster? And it's, it's just the courage to ask these unusual challenging questions And sometimes we just kind of grind it away and like, oh, yeah, something's up 5%, something's up 3%. That's good. It's growing a bit. He's like, dude, go for 10 times, none of this 10% stuff. And uh, I really really like that um, by asking a question, you can unlock so much. And it really does show you how we do have control of what we think. If we choose to ask these questions, we can affect our mindset. We can introduce positivity and growth into our world by how we think. Oh, and, and again, we've talked about this, this idea of fear um, before anxiety, you know, and when you start to, as, as Jamie Foxx was, was being called out there, once you start to get specific and you focus on really putting it under a microscope and analyzing why you're afraid, what are the solutions? To, to getting your brain into that mode of not being so anxious about it and making it quite um, surmountable, I suppose. It, it just alleviates all of those sort of constraints, like you say, Mike, that the people currently have. So big. Fantastic. I, I, I think this is the most appropriate way to wrap up the, the Tools of Titans uh, show by asking ourselves these 
challenging, these uncommon questions. And um, what what a fantastic uh, book. What a smorgasbord of practical tools and inspiration. Mark, having done the show together, what have you taken out of today's show with Tim Ferriss and Tools of Titans? It's all about breaking down the challenges when things mm. seem so big. It's about going out and doing it yourself. Learn from those around you and remember that information in itself is not the answer, but activity is. But yeah. also, I'm going back to the beginning. Make a promise at the start of your day. What's yeah. urgent? What do I need to accomplish? And then let's bring on everything else. Yeah, super. Well said. Well said. So I hope that uh, you, Mark, are on your way to winning the morning and starting uh, with the right principles so you can win uh, the day. I think it's uh, there's so much to take out here. And I love your thought that it it's really you know, breaking things down. That, that seems to be one of the big patterns in Tim Ferriss's work. So... Thank you. Thank you to you, Mark, for being part of this journey and learning out loud. And thank you to you, to all of our listeners. And a big thank you to uh, Bettina as well for sharing the mission that we're on here, which is all about learning out loud. So we hope that you've got some new habits to consider so you can make better choices, so you can model the masters because it's all there to learn. And we know that that starts with breaking it all down into simple habits, routines, tools, and practices. And we really ask that you challenge yourself with the questions that are a bit uncomfortable, that are a bit uncommon. And we are sure that you can go out into the world and win your day. So thank you for joining us on this episode of the Moonshots podcast. That's a wrap.